0: says, get that India, big
1: boy. call an ambulance, maybe call a priest. Oh, what a shot, what a shot, Campbell Killer. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host John, also known as 4020. Joining me to break down a monster Saturday of Parramatta Football is my good mate, 60s. Big fella, we've got four, four senior games of football this week with the NRLW kicking off alongside the Jersey Flag New South Wales Cup and obviously the NRL. How are you feeling about a big, big Saturday of footy?
0: Mate, do you think we can squeeze in this podcast in less than two hours?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we we are want to ramble on a given preview podcast and with the addition of the NRLW, there is a lot to talk about. and We're going to have to be... Not concise, but maybe just a, a little bit more efficient this week in order to keep the runtime in a reasonable vicinity. So let's get right into it. Unfortunately, uh, we're not able to watch all four games this weekend because there is a scheduling clash kicking off at 11 o'clock a.m. with the Jersey flag and both the New South Wales Cup taking place at the same time. So originally, New South Wales Rugby League had them scheduled as going back to Ring Rose. That's how our road up team was Tuesday, but they're playing out of Kellyville this week which is good to see. Jersey Flick hosting the Canterbury Bulldogs. 7v8 with the Bulldogs holding the high. Sorry, 8v9, is it? Yeah, 8v9 with the Dogs holding the highest seating here on the ladder. Uh, for the Eels, they've got a couple of changes in the flag this week. Uh, all positive stuff, though, mind you. At fullback, is done Tori Louie. Arthur Miller-Steven and Moala-Graham Taufa hold down the wings. In the centres, Corey Fetting's back. He had the week off. I think it was Crook last week, 60s. But he comes back into the centre-free quarter line. With Samuel Luizzo also coming back into this grade, he played in New South Wales Cup last week, so a very strong back line there. In the halves, newcomer Mac Fisi He's been really good at 5'8". He partners Ethan Sanders, who is halfback. Front row, Peter Tateo, Jonte Jr. and Beth they're the prop forwards. Kuj Natelli schmidt he'll be at dummy half. In the back row, got Ryan Jones, Felix Natelli schmidt and Brock Parker on the bench. Jacob Davis, he's the dummy half interchange. Saxon Pryke, Larry Tutia, and Jack Colavati. They're the big boppers. It's a pretty good team. And, you know, we, we've spoken about it, but they've started to get the roster continuity that you want almost all too late in the back half of the season. And, and the performances on the field are starting to reflect that.
0: Yes. Now, just before I say too much, my apologies if there's a lot of background noise. Uh, I am on location. I'll, t- <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that in inverted commas. Uh, so I am outdoors at the moment and uh, calling in for this uh, podcast. But yes, you're right. They've had a they've had a very good end to the season. They're probably paying the price for some indifferent form earlier in the year, and and to an extent, you can sort of put that down to being a very new combination. A lot of uh, newcomers to the Eels' uh, flag side this year. We had recruits from other clubs. We had uh, elevations from pathways. So it was. It was almost a totally new lineup in the in the grade. And, I mean, you can expect that to an extent with it being an age team, but it, it really was a lot of new faces this year, new coach. Uh, so it, it probably took a bit longer than they would have liked to have, I suppose, found combinations, confidence, that sort of thing. But they've had a good uh, back end of the season. Unfortunately, they're not going to qualify for finals football. But uh, we, we've seen some good performances, good victories of, of late. Uh, real shout out to to uh, uh, Moala Graham Taufa. Uh, it, it was um, a, a really uh, strong performance from him uh, last week. It was just uh, uh, yeah a, a massive yeah, bit of a massive. sluggish
1: start for Graham Taufa after he came across midseason from the Sydney Roosters, but he certainly found his feet like like we said of the most of the team in that back half. Has found his feet and has started to look really solid out on the flanks. Uh,
0: well, he actually played at centre last week and had an absolute day out. Literally everything that he touched turned to gold. Uh, the opposites couldn't handle him. He was, um, yeah, he, he he was just creating havoc out on the uh, out at right centre. So um, really, really strong game from him uh, last week, and he's back on the wing this week, but. Uh, you know, his his carries from backfield should make up for the fact that mm-hmm. he's, he may not handle the ball um, as much as maybe he did last week. But, I, I, you know, then again, if he comes in looking for the work, it, it, it might be just as effective or more so than he was last week.
1: And like you said, finals football almost certainly beyond this team now with a need for a string of almost impossible results to go their way. But there is a whole stack of young men playing. Either for you know NRL futures down the line because they've been earmarked to be a first grader, or a look at the NRL preseason this year to try and make a name for themselves. So plenty on the line here, and just the pride too. Obviously, you want to finish the season in a positive fashion, and they've been playing good football. So this one kicks off eleven o'clock a.m. Kellyville Park, and unfortunately, it's the one game we're not going to be able to cover sixties.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's look. It, it is really crazy that there are clashes that are drawn like this within the New South Wales Rugby League because it just it doesn't just impact um, spectators like ourselves that like to cover all the games, but it also impacts the staffing because oh yeah,
1: logistically it's know, a nightmare. They're,
0: yeah, yeah, the EEL support staff has to be have to be split between multiple venues, and in this instance, you know, it, you know things things like the 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 gear staff, the um, the physios. physios.
1: Yep, you know absolutely. it just—it
0: has that real um, game day stewards. All those things, it, is, it, yeah, it just stretches those resources, uh, and it's yeah, it, it's not an ideal uh, situation. But I, I guess it is what it is. They they weren't ever going to play four grades of football at uh, at Kombank Stadium on Saturday. But by the same token, you know you, you would have thought that they could have played this at a at uh, on a different day.
1: Yeah, wherever or, it was—Friday night, you know, or Sunday, Sunday afternoon, or or even like you said, Saturday evening—because that five thirty yeah. slot's wide open there now with the Eels playing their latest senior game at three o'clock.
0: Exactly, exactly. So it would it would have been possible, but um, you know we we do have a uh, a busy day in front of us with um, not just covering the football, but uh, we we will uh, pop into the uh, Eels player reunion as well and. Um, have a chat with a few people in there, so it's a it's a it's a big day ahead for us. So um, yeah, uh, but uh, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip there that uh, the because the bulldogs are sitting one point ahead of the eels on the ladder in the jersey flag. I'm tipping that they will get the uh, the win over the bulldogs mm-hmm. and be able to jump ahead of them into eighth spot on the table.
1: No good stuff, and you mentioned it just then, but running parallel to all the action out at Combank. On Saturday is both the Old Boys Day, celebrating, obviously, lots of Parramatta legends and former greats, as well as the big music festival that is Sounds West. So, a lot going on out at Parramatta, and kicking it all off, uh, running alongside that jersey Fleet kickoff at 11 o'clock, is the New South Wales Cup. Obviously, you want to be out there in person if you can, but thankfully, if you can't get out to the game this week, or games this week, that triple-header block at Combank will be televised or through Fox all day, that is New South Wales Cup, NRLW and NRL, so no excuse to miss the footy uh, for the Parramatta Eels. This, in, in a way, this is arguably the marquee matchup of the day. It's 3v5, top four spot on the lineup. Canary Bulldogs holding the edge over the Eels on the ladder, but the Eels have been nipping at their heels for weeks now, and now they get the head-to-head matchup. This is potentially the top four finisher in the making for the Blue and Gold They line up like this with Hayes Perham at fullback, on the wings at Salimane Naiduki and Sean Russell, Zach Sini and Bailey Simonson, who finally makes his return from that tricky hamstring injury there to centres. New halves pairing, which is Jordan Rankin, captain and coach, and young Jake Arthur, who drops back from the NRL. And that's probably, or close to, the strongest backline the Eagles have fielded in this grade all year. I do like the pairing of Rankin and Arthur in the halves. In the front row, Wiramu Greg and Mahesi Makotoa, Will be the bookends for Mitch Rain. Ellie Elsgehem, young Tony Mattelli, and Jaden Yates are the back rowers. Yates coming into the starting lineup for Kai Rodwell, who we're not sure if he's injured or suspended six. I don't know if you've got any clarification on that this week, but he is out of the action this week. A big loss for the Eels in the forward pack. On the bench, Brendan Hands, Tavita Talma Penu, Dan Keir, and Luke Bain. There is no 18th man listed. Uh, but they're taking on a Kennedy Bulldogs team. Some uh, notable inclusions here. Plenty of first-grade experience, just looking for that back line. Jaden Ockimbaugh, young Paul Alamotti is one of their next big things over the Bulldogs. Uh, Jarrell Skelton comes from Rugby Union, who I believe is related to Will Skelton, uh, Wallaby. Uh, you've got former Parramatta Bailey Bondi Odo, and Brandon Wakem there. He doesn't play first-grade anymore, but Avasul Manafunga is a solid prop forward. Uh, I think Philip, with the side of Philip Makotoa is related to Makahesi, I think they are.
0: Yeah, uh, but I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put any money. In.
1: Yeah. And then in the back row, Matt Dory, Jackson Toppine, and Curtis Moran who made his NRL debut this year. So a very, very sold out foot from the Kennedy Bulldogs. You can see why they're sitting in the top four. This is gonna be a, a real cracker of a game in the cup and the Eels have been playing, even considering that they, they drop it, sorry, they did drop the game against Penrith a couple of weeks ago, they were really good in that game and they've been playing some great football ever since that loss to the Newtown Jets. Yeah.
0: Well, I think... I mean, would you put that Newtown Jets loss down as a, a bit of a, an anomaly in, in terms of their uh, run of performances? Uh,
1: by and large, I think so. Although, Newtown did get them earlier in the season too in a, a more high-scoring game. But that one at Henson Park that I I attended was... It felt like a function of just no Jake Arthur and, you know, the, the spine just being a bit discombobulated.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it certainly... In terms of performance, it seems like uh, an outlier there because you mentioned there was the the loss to the Penrith Panthers, but in in that particular performance, the Eels were down to 11 players at one stage. And made the uh, comeback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 12 for pretty much the entirety of the second half. And as it turned out, Wiramu Gregg, who was sent off, had no case to answer. And they were only beaten by a field goal from uh, the Panthers, in the last couple of minutes, so it was a, a most unlucky uh, loss there with that one, and uh, they the Hills do particularly well outscoring the Panthers in that uh, second half to uh, go very very close to either securing a, a, a at the very least a draw or, or even the win there.
1: Yeah, and we've got to remember that with the Jersey flag and the New South Wales Cup, this is the penultimate game. There is only one more week after this, so. Every win or loss counts for that much more when you're chasing ladder positioning and seating. For the Eels, they're in fifth spot with the Bulldogs and the North Sydney Bears, the two catchable teams ahead of them on the ladder. Wins in this game and the next are absolutely huge when it comes to jockeying positions on the ladder. So getting the job done against the Bulldogs. And if you get the job done by sort of 20 points or more when it comes to points differential, you'll almost directly leapfrog them or close to just looking at the ladder here, the Dogs are on plus 173, Parramatta are on plus 133, so 20 points is an actual dead split for points differential. If you get the 21 points or more, you will leapfrog the Bulldogs outright, and obviously the Bears being just the uh, half-win, the, the drawn game ahead of the Eels, if an outright win comes to Parramatta's way and the Bears drop the game and they're playing, the Bears are playing the Magpies, so I wouldn't be counting on the win, uh the loss there, sorry. So Eels just need to take care of business this week, and then take care against uh, take care of the Newcastle Knights. A fine week, and they'll be pretty much in the top four.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned that this game is being covered on Fox, so that people are either going to be able to watch it live at, at the ground or, or watching. Yeah, watch it on Fox or record it on Fox, whatever they. The case may be, and I recommend that people watch it. Last week there was an outstanding performance from Makahesi Makato, who ran for over 240 metres. Uh, was he, he carried the ball in two hands into the into the line, deep into the line? So he was asking questions with every carry because he, he passed on about seven occasions when he was carrying the ball. Uh, one offload in the tackle. Um, he just. He was—he showed a lot of what maybe a lot of people thought he wasn't showing enough of in the NRL in asking those questions with his carries. I don't know about you, mate, but he, he looked... I mean, I didn't have a big complaint about his NRL performance except for maybe the fact that he, he might have just been fulfilling the exact role that he was asked to do with, of, you know, make, make the runs, uh, tuck it under the arm, make the runs, make the tackles. But he looked like a different footballer. Yeah, this like, was a,
1: a man that... It was, you know, casting our eyes back to last year where he was dominating the New South Wales Cup and, you know, forced his way into NRL contention. While he wasn't, you know, awful in the NRL this year, there was, you know, we we talk about winning those collisions being an inconsistent issue for the Eels. In this game, he had that fire. He he was going into the collisions. He was dominating. He was on the front foot consistently. And, you know, it was no surprise that the Eels blew South Sydney. Outside of that opening five minutes where we were a little bit rusty, uh it was no surprise after that, that he was just put the foot on the throat against South sydney in the cup um and it yeah. was largely due to both he and and also William McGreg just dominating
0: yeah and and just a point of note on on some of these because um with the mate you do such a such an outstanding job when uh you're able to cover the uh the lower grades live with your with your blog um when I'm covering it I can't cover it like you. It's it's uh, you know the, there's maybe maybe I don't capture the action in the same way because I'm basically doing a score update off my phone and just trying to describe a scoring play. But players like uh, like Maka last week with that that sort of heavy workload. If I was covering that on a blog, I, I wouldn't be able to describe just how much work that he did because yeah, it's, and it's 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 in this it's even, just in the standard even
1: play. even when I'm blogging too. Players that are high work rate and and but like not I want to say low impact but you know guys that just get through a ton of hit ups that are really solid and a ton of quality tackles they don't really translate to typing out updates even when I've got the laptop out there it's one of those things when you're calling the coverage like we've done uh, last year um, we have access to the facilities you can shout out those guys a lot better and yeah, you know, that goes right down to the jersey flag and the junior reps as well uh, yeah when, when you're doing, hopefully
0: hopefully within. The next twelve to eighteen months, when they have the facility built at Kellyville, that we'll have access to um, the uh, media facilities to be able to um, present uh, live calls of uh, lower grade matches. So um, stick with us, people. We 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 do keep working on that. There's um, you know there's always the uh, the issue that lower grade matches can be played out at venues where it's not conducive for us to be able to approach the powers that be to be able to do a live audio call so we we tend to go with the still with the blogs um, but when the facility is built at Kelly Villa they stage the uh, junior reps and uh, lower grade games uh, if if we are given permission our, our intent is to return to those audio calls wherever possible
1: yes sir so big game here in the cup 60s.
0: Oh, can we, before we go on, can we mention that hit from Wiramu Greg last week? Yeah,
1: and it's one of those ones where part of you sort of shrinks because knowing what happens as a result of that tackle, not directly, just because of of the nature of it being a football game and you can get twisted over uh, and the player reportedly having a broken leg, which is, you know, almost felt bizarre given where the contact was, but when you get hit that hard, maybe you just get buckled and, and that's what happens. But for those that weren't able to see it, and the highlight has been posted, like I said, you can understand why, given the fallout from the tackle, Wiramu Greg put on perhaps the single most devastating and violent but le- completely legal, completely clean, like in, in the ribs tackle I have ever seen. It, I've sort of tried to describe it to people that didn't see it as imagine one of the biggest Steve maddow hits you've ever seen, but if Steve maddow had like another 25 kilos on his frame, And yeah. you know, it... it People in the stadium just oh, – it wasn't anywhere near Pat it was Cup. You could hear and feel the audible exhale of the hundreds or thousands of people that were in attendance because it was one of the most insane hits I've ever seen. We remember just teed this poor man up and, you know, took his side.
0: Yeah, it was it was one of those hits. I, I you know, I, I dropped an F-bomb. Uh, like, as yeah. – as
1: A, a completely, completely understandable response. Uh, you know, it, it was insane. Right? It, it just came out of nowhere too, because, you know, if if we were to be critical of one thing about Wiramu is that he can be inconsistent on defence, and suddenly he just fired up for this shot.
0: Yeah, and it was... And it's interesting what you said about, um, you know, probably that most brutal hit that you've ever seen, and and I've been watching, given my advancing years, I've been watching rugby league for over fifty years, mm. and I can't recall uh, a legal hit. Yeah, exactly. devastating. I, I at said that. the
1: same thing. Obviously, I haven't watched as much football, but I've you know played and watched plenty between league and union. You know, growing up as a schoolboy, then growing into you know being an adult, and you've seen plenty of big hits, and like you know plenty of that make you go, "Oh wow, what a shot!" I nothing has been as viscerally impactful, I suppose, as, as that hit. Just you know the fact that there wasn't a, a buzzing stadium, so the every sound of the game you know gets sort of uh, echoed or, or you know extrapolated amplified firmly. yeah amplified and you yeah, know we yeah you could just see it coming too you know he 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 blindsided him he came out of the line hard he the uh, poor south player didn't quite have a beat on where Wimmer was coming from and got him as the pass just had arrived into the soft part of the ribs so yeah.
0: Yeah, and and it it's it was interesting because you you talk about our response to it, like there was the there was the sheer amazement and um, oh, maybe bordering on horror of yeah, the of, yeah. of the hit, and then it was like a deep concern for the player. Yeah, when, when it became apparent hit. that
1: it wasn't just getting winded, that there was something wrong. Um, yeah, you know, they they caught out the cart and had to take, take him on very carefully. And then, you know, getting that information post-game where we believed it was a broken leg. You know, it's sort of... It doesn't take away from the hit, but like like I was saying, you can kind of understand why... If Without the injury, that's the sort of tackle that almost certainly gets featured on the Maddie John Show because they do love showing, you know, bizarre or insane highlights from the New South Wales Cup in their sort of uh, show-and-tell segment they have. But with the context of that injury, you can see why it just hasn't gotten a play despite being arguably the most impressive tackle I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and and you know it, it's in that moment I was like obviously we're feeling for the South Sydney player and wishing him all the best. Um, in you know from an injury like that, it's going to be a, a like a perhaps a long recovery period. But the other issue too is that I was I was thinking about Wiramu, and you know he would have been. Pumped about the hit that he put on, and and you know there was an immediate reaction of um, of of what he'd done in terms of uh, like he'd forced an error, obviously because the poor bloke was just bent over backwards with the hit. But then there was that long period of attending to the player, and you you wonder what that does to the mindset. Of a player who's just put on a big hit, and then there's the realization that their hit has caused some considerable damage yep. to the opponent, and something that he wouldn't want to want to have done. So, um, anyway, it's um, I just thought it was important that we we mention that because in the in in our uh, instant reaction, we didn't we weren't really able to cover the uh, lower grade games, and uh, I think it was important to, to to give a bit of a shout out to that to uh, Macahessie's. Performance and the other one that I want to highlight as well, I think, is uh, Zach Seeni. I think he's continuing to develop as a almost as an X factor out there. The bloke just it never wants to be tackled, and um, you know some of the runs that he that he produces where he will, I don't know, he seems to break tackles because he just refuses to be tackled. Yeah, he's, he's um,
1: got a lot of he's. Uh, uh, it's not quite fast feet, but if you watch him through contact, he makes great use of like short, quick, sharp steps and it makes him very difficult to bring down
0: yeah yeah I look I think I think the bloke has a future, I really do
1: yeah, I mean I, he is one of the players that I think in your little black book for the preseason you're going to have a markdown down, seeing how much progression can he make and there's a few of them this year because we've got some young guys coming in, there's some other guys in this team like Tony Mattelli and uh, Ellie Elskehem, who could potentially make a big mix uh uh, in the depth charts across the preseason. But yeah, some very interesting players to watch. And in terms of this team, it's just a well-balanced team. They've got strike power in the back line with Zach Sini, like you mentioned there. Hayes Perrim is very dangerous with the ball on hand. Sean Russell is outstanding against South Sydney. He's starting to come into his own as he you know fights his way back towards a potential first grade spot after that horrific rib injury in round one. Yeah,
0: very, very physical performance from mm-hmm. last week.
1: And then in, we just praised two of the prop forwards there. Plus, we already, we already threw out some of the back rolls as guys to potentially watch. you know. And now you get Jake Arthur back with Jordan Rankin in the halves. And it, it is a team that can seriously challenge anyone in this race for the uh, reserve grade premiership.
0: But yeah, yeah and, and, and you know, not, not to forget that um, a young talent like Samuel Luizio, because of his age they're able to, when they've got uh, players that have come back, like uh, Bailey Simonson, that they were able to drop um, Samuel back to the flag yeah. because he's uh, only 19 years of age. Um, but there he was last week having a very um, solid yeah, performance.
1: Sam Sam's definitely been a victim of his age this year, hasn't he? Uh, he's, yeah. He's uh, he got the play plenty of cup through the first sort of third of this season. And was quite solid throughout. I think you know he might have had one bad game here or there, which is completely understandable in the context of a normal cup player, let alone a nineteen-year-old. But you know he was pretty good on the whole. And but since the Eels have gotten healthier and had you know more players available in the backline, he's been sort of the the six man in a five man backline. And he's gotten you know runs here and there when injuries or promotions or suspensions have opened the door. But otherwise, he's been the guy that's been flickered in and out of the team. And you know that's that's no disrespect on his talent because I think he's definitely one to watch
0: yeah it, look he when you're in that in those circumstances it's it's a bit hard to get combinations with the players around you when you're in and out of a, a team not because of um, your own injury or form but rather because of um, you know trying to trying to fit numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Into, into, yeah. into the teams, so we we had that run. You mentioned that he, he, he got a good run of uh, appearances in the New South Wales Cup team at the start of the year, and and basically we were we were short on outside backs in the NRL. Well, he, he wasn't far and off. Being, he wasn't far then, you off getting NRL
1: call up at one point with the way the injury crisis is going in the NRL.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it was um, it was interesting seeing. Well, I mean, we had. Um, uh, uh, you know, so many players that were that were getting a call up as well from uh, even outside of the Eels squad. Um, we had, I think there was a couple of games there where there was um, uh, players that um, were, as I said, outside of the Eels squad that yeah. were called upon. And uh, Matty Komalafi also got called up from uh, the Jersey flag and uh, for a long time there was sitting amongst the leading try scorers for the New South Wales Cup, even though he'd barely played any games.
1: Yeah, he could I think he was scored like nine
0: yeah. tries across three or four games. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so anyway, it's um, uh, that's the uh, New South Wales Cup. Hopefully people get there early to watch that. It's 11 o'clock kickoff. Um, so we've got, uh, we mentioned we've got those three grades at Combank Stadium. No excuse for people not to get there early because that New South Wales Cup game leads into the... Kick off for the NRLW season,
1: mate. Yeah, one o'clock PM for the NRLW season launch. Eels taking on the reigning premiers. It does not get any more difficult as an opening day task or opportunity. Uh, this one, if you are not at the game, we've already said it's on Foxtel, but also the online platform that is Ko Foxtel subsidiary there. Uh, yeah, Parramatta Eels hosting the reigning premiers. Looking at the Eels team at fullback, it's Gale, and it was a Broughton or Broughton sixties.
0: Oh. Fancy putting me on the spot with that. I'm going to say Broughton. Yeah, my,
1: my, my gut feeling was Broughton, but I could I could definitely see if it was pronounced Broughton as well. But Gail Broughton will go for that right now. Uh, your pick for, you know, sort of breakout superstar for the Parramatta Reals, one that I'm really keen to see in action on Saturday. She'll be at fullback on the wings. We've got Tess Staines and Rekia Horn in the centres. one of the two captains of the team, Tiana Penetani, who will be there alongside Abbey Church in the halves. Part of that, almost completely new new look spine. It's Brooke Morgan Walker who's making her debut as a tricode player, 60s, previously playing rugby sevens and the AFLW. Partnering her is young Lusana Lutu, another player I am very excited to see. In the front row, Philomena Hanisi, She was excellent in the 2021 that was played in 2022 campaign. Uh, Got... It's almost into the New South Wales Blues team, so she's looking to build onto that. Partnering her as the front row is Ellie Johnston. At dummy half, it's uh, Shirley Malangi. Back row, Christian Pio, Vanessa Foliaki, and other co-captain, Samima Taufa On the bench, Kennedy Charrington. She's making her way back from injury. Brooke Anderson, uh, Navada uh, Na- George. Sorry, George.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Navanda. But Navanda? I, uh, yeah, but I'm not... I'm not sure on that. Okay. I should have, you know, what I should have checked that out at training last night. So, so. Navanda
1: or uh, Najvada, whichever way, uh, we'll get that clarified, obviously. And then Rima Butler extend the roster. Ruby Jean Kennard, Taylor Preston, Ruben Charrington, Ashley Quinlan, and Louisa Yaranaramua. They're taking on, like I said, the reigning premiers. There is just big names throughout this entire Roosters outfit at fullback, Samantha Bremner. Then in the heart, in the centre, sorry. You Jessica Sergis, Captain Isabel Kelly, Zahara Tamara, and Racine McGregor in the halves. She, this uh, player Sarah Tokatuki, she took us apart when we played in the regular season earlier this year. Uh, Maya Hilmoana, uh, you know, a very solid forward pack too. I suppose the big one missing from that forward pack is Hannah Southwell, who's joined the Newcastle Knights part of their huge recruitment drive. But looking at this team, 60s, I am pretty confident, given who the Broncos have lost as well, that they are they, they are a team to beat here. And this is a big, big test for the Eels. First up,
0: it, it is. I, I believe we are going to see um, a, a, the Eels play a different brand of football this season. <laughs> I think it, it's fair to say last year that we struggled to score points in the in the well. When I say last year, I should say last season. Oh, yeah, it's a, that's, yeah. It was I know played exactly earlier this mean. year, so it was the the start of this year was the deferred twenty twenty one season, and. <clears throat> oh, excuse me it 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 was as I said it was fair to say that we maybe struggled to score some points in games um well look we were very competitive in matches but by the time the last match rolled around as as um, we really copped a hammering didn't we in that last game when it was I suppose the making the finals was in our within our grasp but didn't quite come up to. Uh, what we needed to in the last match of the year. Now, we mentioned that there's an entirely new spine that's there, and that, to me, is going to be setting an interesting tone. Now, the little bit of the question mark around it is how relatively new those players are to rugby league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, think especially uh especially Brooke Morgan that, that Walker. That was the player I was gonna Gale, say. There's no doubt her Brogan.
1: athletic ability for Brooke Morgan Walker. But I think she herself has said, you know, just getting up the speed for rugby league has been a challenge in its own way. You know, and given that she's got a rugby background, it's not like she's, you know, alien to the concepts. But mm-hmm. league
0: and union are different products. But what I'm what I'm seeing from the training that I've attended so far is that they're With these particular players, there is a real attacking mindset. Now, what I mean by that is that I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, I suppose to use the hackney term, eyes-up football with these players. I mean, they are looking, they are constantly looking at what's there in front of them in the way of chances and, and, and looking to manufacture something based on what they see in front of them and I mean that's it that's that's really exciting to see because when you've got someone that's come from sevens football that's what it's about now of course the the part to learn is rugby league structures and and, you know that's why I said you know I'll I'll temper it with a bit of caution Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's when you're talking about, um, you know, they, they're going to be required to do more defence, uh, especially the the, uh, the halves. But look, you you mentioned as well lasana Lutu, and she's she's watched. I think she's 19 years. Yeah, old. I believe age. she
1: played New South Wales 19s this year or this year yeah, or last. Yes, yeah.
0: and just watching her, the confidence, the confidence, and I know it's just. I mean that's just training, so that's the other thing too as well. That I, look, I'm not, I'm not going to get. I, it may sound sometimes as if I get carried away with training, but I, I am. <laughs> you know, you, you can recognise the difference between training and the pressures that happen in a game of football because you know that that impacts so many things from uh, you know decision making to confidence and um, you know th- and and you've got. You go from defending against something that you're used to in opposed sessions of training to something that you're not used to in, when you're taking on an opposition team, and you and in the NRLW they have to come together so quickly. Yeah, that, they get they get like a four week pre season into a five week competition.
1: The, the two biggest steps the NRLW are going to take in terms of you know giving the footballers the best chance to perform at their peak is moving to the round robin format where you play each opponent team twice. And then getting an actual proper preseason, and yeah. they're, they're the two you know expansion, all the things that come with it. They're important too, but in terms of just the actual competition itself, giving these women a, a proper preseason relative to a, a, a double round robin competition, uh, they're the, they're the big things there for me.
0: Yeah, and and I think the other tough thing going forward is because there's the expansion of ten teams next year, so there'll be four new franchises introduced That's crazy. Is that <laughs> is that clubs can only sign I'm pretty sure they can only sign their two mark identified marquee players to contracts longer than one year um, and apart from that everyone becomes free agents again so all the clubs have a, a chance to um, fill their rosters, an equal chance to fill their rosters and you know you each season really becomes... Yeah, free for all. A free-for-all. Uh, yeah, it, it does. And, and I mean, maybe that we're going to get a, a little bit of stability going into a 10-team competition. I I hope that they don't expand too quickly. I think, that, I think I, they I need mean, to...
1: I mean, I think yeah. that going from 6 to 10 is too big a jump in a yeah. given year. I think you should be going 6 to 8 for at least one year, maybe two, then 8 to 10. But, you know, because the problem now is you want... You want some of these initial six teams to have an identity when it comes to some of their core players for fans to relate to,
0: and oh, that's, that's very much so.
1: that's that's not the case now because, like you said, you got two players that you can potentially secure ahead of a free agency free for all, and you know, for the Eels, looking at this lineup, there's a few players that they would definitely have earmarked as core players. You know, yeah, so it's and yeah. That, that's and true. That's true of all six teams as well. By the way, it's not just the yeah. Parramatta Eels.
0: Yeah, and and basically what that means for um, uh, all of the six teams there is that they are going to have players in their lineup who are going to be identified by other the other franchises as marquee players yep. that they can pay the big coin to. So every every team is has that potential to lose some of their best. You, you can almost guarantee that the the teams that. Uh, you know the teams that play in the grand final this year will have like if they if if they have players who just have absolutely outstanding seasons, then they are going to be targeted by not just one other club, but you know every other club. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's to going, be to be. I mean, and to be getting is, that. Coin. This is
1: yeah, good for the the top end of the market and getting you know the star players their dues. But the question will be how they feel up like the squads and you know, how much that hurts the you know, six incumbent teams you know, when it comes to just good squad players, how much they get poached too. So,
0: yeah, and, yeah. and look, I think uh, Parramatta will face a real obstacle in terms of, of, of player recruitment retention from the West Tigers. Yeah. There's no doubt about that because they featured very strongly in the New South Wales Harvey Norman's women's competition. You've got a number of them in the Parramatta team uh, this year. Uh, West Tigers are entering a team. There'll they'll be uh, bonds that will uh, be developed there. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, uh, Bo... I was, I was, was going was,
1: to say, it's one of those, you know, is, it's, it's not like a se- like, uh, like one of those worst-kept secret things, but, you know, if there was a player that the Tigers were going to target from the Parramatta roster 2021-2022, Bo Tilvediwell should be at the top of because she's played...
0: Yeah, Before but the, she yeah, that, that'll probably I, I would I would imagine that's that's if, if it hasn't already been teed up, it'll probably happen yeah. because she's not playing this season because of the knee injury. So her next season, uh, the next season will be her return one. Um, she's not, as I said, she's not playing for Parramatta this season. She's uh, she was there um, cheering on the the West Tigers in the New South Wales Cup competition. She's got the strong ties there. You know, you'd almost you'd you'd almost guarantee that that's mm-hmm. that's probably going to happen, and then and and Parramatta might be doing everything in their power to tie up someone like Gail Broughton. But um, yeah. just getting back just getting back to this match, as I said, i was expecting Parramatta to play a faster brand of football, um, uh, a real attacking mindset. Uh, it, there's still obviously there's it's that combinations that we we don't really know how they're going to um, translate from the training paddock to the field because they are, when you've got basically an entirely new spine, there is a great unknown about how that's going to unfold out on the field.
1: Yeah, and the spine has my two main concerns coming into this game. One being, like you said, they're coming together, so is the chemistry ready to hit the ground running for week one? And two, just positionally... If I had to pick a spot where I'm just got some concerns, maybe dummy half. Uh, Shelly Malangi is a you know a very willing worker and will absolutely run and tackle her backside off, but can she give her halves quality service throughout the you know the entirety of the contest?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I I'm, I'm looking at that team and I'm assuming that uh, Brooke Anderson would be the player that would uh, provide uh maybe the uh, relief uh, at, at dummy half. Um I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But um you know, Kennedy, uh Navanda and Rima are um you know they're gonna offer
1: There's a bit of, of a bit of strike for the, the Ford pack. Yeah. I like that off the bench. So, you know, Kennedy still making her recovery from the, the off well, I say off season, but between season surgery in the same year. Uh, So she's hopefully going to be back to 100% for this game. But yeah, the fact that she's on the bench is certainly not a negative. Having, we we talk about all the time, having those powerful rotation forwards is absolutely key to winning games. And it's been one of the criticisms we've had for the Parramatta is that the forward pack in in the NRL has not been, you know, as strong starters and rotation forwards as it could be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I believe Brooke has a, a background in the halves. So, I'm guessing that Should that's the the,
1: the the sort of bench utility, dummy half utility. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I can't wait for the uh, kickoff for that. Um, as you mentioned, it's being covered on Fox. Um, it's also the uh, curtain raiser for the NRL, mm-hmm. and it deserves to have uh, plenty of Bills supporters turning up there early to uh, get behind them in their uh, uh, campaign opener.
1: Yes, sir. And that takes us to, I suppose it's the main event, but probably the co-main event given the NRLW has been such an entertaining product over the last couple of years. Can we just also
0: do a a reminder that uh, prior to the um, NRL coming onto the field that we've got the NRL old boys um, coming on uh, to uh, do a lap of honour all the former Eels uh, players uh, doing a lap of honour prior to the NRL game, so between the NRLW and NRL. Uh, I believe they'll also be the guard of honour for the NRL team entering the field. So let's hope that this year that our, our NRL team can put on a win yes. for, in, in front of the old boys. Now, we uh, just and just as a side, side note, I uh, was speaking to the... Uh, Cherrington girls are training last night for the NRLW because I had to put to them, what will it mean in future years when they are former players and it's the player reunion day and we've got the old boys out there. How do they, how will they feel about being called old girls?
1: Dukes and dames. And did just, they, just have, did and they have an
0: alternative? Um, and, uh, yeah, we had a bit of a laugh about that. And um, they suggested, you know, girls become gals, old gals. Old gals. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of other suggestions I won't go into, but it was um, – <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, we had a few laughs about, about that. But that's a, there's, there's a question going forward. Any, any, any uh, of our lady listeners, if you uh, – I'm sure you don't want to be referred to at any point as an old girl. Um, so maybe you might come up with some suggestions for uh, the future NRLW players who are honoured at the player reunion days and um, guards of honour and that, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I mean, we heard enough objections that there were objections from former male players who didn't want to be called old boys. So, um, yeah, is there, is, is there a term of endearment? that we can come up with for both the males and the females of being former players. And we don't want just former Eels or Eels greats or, you know, whatever the case may be. Let's have a bit of a fun term Mm -hmm. that we can come up with. So, um, yeah. Anyway, on to the NRL, mate. On
1: to the NRL, 3 o'clock kickoff. Eels v Bulldogs, 7 v 12. Uh, This is a game that actually has some important implications for the Eels despite the latter discrepancy between the two Western Sydney rivals. And obviously going back to round 14 where these two teams met, there's also a bit of revenge on the line for Parramatta given that the Bulldogs not only ambushed them but embarrassed them 34-4 to in that particular contest. And it's a game that's drawn a lot of parallels for me personally to the losses to both Brisbane and most recently South Sydney, a game where the Eels were just completely physically outclassed in the contest and it you know, led on to some of our worst football of the season. But looking at the two teams here, 60s or start off the Bulldogs, They've got a couple of ins in their roster, particularly on the extended bench that I think we're going to have to take note of. Uh, fullback, it's Jake Avarillo on the wings, Jacob Kiraz and Josh addo Centres, Aaron Schopp and Braden Burns in the halves. Matt Burton, he avoided a suspension for a shoulder charge with the early guilty plea, so he was free to play this week. Partnering him, it's Kyle Flanagan. Front row, Max King, Paul Vaughan. Dummy half is Jeremy Marshall King. In the back row, Harrison Edwards, Raymond, Faitala Mariner, who I think just recently re-upped with the Bulldogs and at lock forward, it's Josh Jackson. Interchange, former former Parramatta Eels prospect, Zach Docker Clay, Joe Simpson, Jackson Toppeney, and Chris Patolo. Extended roster, Declan Casey, Bailey Biondioto, Brandon Wakem, Luke Thompson, and Tavita Pango Jr. And gee, that's familiar sixties, because in round fourteen, guess who was listed on the extended roster only to come into the team? And and make an absolute menace of himself and disrupt the eels, none other than TPJ. And if you look closely, Jackson Toppenay has been named on the NRL bench, but he also features in the starting lineup for the New South Wales Cup. And you know, going back to the nineteen eighties, you could certainly see a player play a full game of Reggies and back it up onto the bench in the NRL. But given the rules and regulations around playing time in senior football that exist in the modern game, I certainly don't think that's going to happen. This week, which means we've got a very good chance of seeing Tevita Pango Junior, or I suppose as well, you could consider the big pom coming onto the bench or the starting team with a bit of a reshuffle.
0: Yeah, I think we're likely to see that change that that sort of change that you've predicted there made, um, and you'd also suggest that strengthens the Bulldogs' lineup also. So yeah, absolutely, uh, they're they're going to be smarting after their loss last week against the Warriors it was it ended up really blowing out uh, there was I, I didn't get to watch it in any detail I've only seen the highlights but when you've got uh, one of the the Bulldogs tries coming from an intercept it's probably lends weight to the the disparity between the two teams last week that the 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 Bulldogs although at one stage the, the scores were close, it really did blow out uh, big time to, um, you know, quite a, a sizable score to the Warriors there. And they haven't really been tracking that well themselves, the Warriors. No, so, no the yeah, Warriors the...
1: struggling, the Bulldogs too struggling too from the last five. But on the topic of a potential Pango Junior inclusion, you just know that if he gets into the team, whether it's starting or off the bench, he will be on a missive to just be disruptive and, and be, you know, a grub and get the eels off balance,
0: yeah, and much like South Sydney last week, with the level of confidence that South Sydney had coming into the contest, and we were we were we were given a little bit of insight off mike um, uh, in our uh, in our chat with Spiro and um, about the level of confidence that was there in the South Sydney team, and you'd have to say that the Bulldogs would. Truly, fancy themselves coming into this contest. I think it's fair to say that, as as far as an opponent is concerned, there'd be a lot of teams that would fancy their chances against Parramatta if they if they win that middle. Yeah. So you can, difference... you can almost you can almost think that there is now a blueprint. Um. That's that's there for uh, literally a template. For for how to how to play Parramatta, keep it simple and get the win.
1: The I was going to say, for me right now, the difference between teams like the Bulldogs and South Sydney is that South Sydney know they have the mental ascendancy over the Parramatta Eels. Teams like the Bulldogs think that they could get the mental ascendancy, which is why this game yes. is is important. You need to stamp out or quell any you know sort of fort that any team outside of South Sydney, which is an issue unto itself that the Eels do need to deal with as soon as possible, but any team outside of South Sydney has any sort of mental edge over Parramatta. You need yeah, to go, well out so there, go out there and, and make a statement.
0: So that's, where the, that's where the start really comes in, doesn't it? Because if if Parramatta assert a, uh, a dominance at the start, a physicality at the start, much like they did I, I know Penrith got the first try, but but still, the direction at the yeah, early the physicality direction
1: of, that of the, the ruck was completely different to that of the losses of the South Sydney, Brisbane Broncos, Canterbury Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, we knew in the the game against South that it was going to get ugly. We knew that within that first set of six, yep. and and then straight after that, just the ease with which South were going through the middle of the ruck, likewise. We knew that when uh, Cleary went off injured in the Parramatta game against Penrith, the Parramatta was already well on top, and that there was frustration that was kicking in to, with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. With, um, I mean that, with that Cleary tackle yep. was
1: literally a function of the frustration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we've
1: so, spoken a lot about the Bulldogs' 60s. I suppose the other thing to be careful of is the trick shots. Last time we met them, early kicks for Josh Adokar by Matt Burton. Obviously, Matt Burton's towering bombs. They're going to be an issue for our back three. So, Gufferson, Sevo, and Blake need to be on their best.
0: Well, what have danger. they got to lose? What have they got to lose? They they can throw as many trick shots as they like. They've got nothing to lose. Yeah. They haven't got and, a, a final spot. And this, this is why
1: this is why in a vacuum... I. I find it hard to buy into the Bulldogs' hype outside of this game where they could very well beat us. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's been the same every year for the Bulldogs. They don't perform when the season's there to be won or you know, at least be in contention for the final spot. They get out of contention suddenly. They start playing some good football. And it's been a pattern for like five years now. And I know they've recruited better over the last year or two heading into next year as well. And they've got the new coach Cameron Serrato inking a, a five-year $4 million deal is the news which is huge for a rookie coach, so well done on him for securing the bag. But yeah, until they can win consistently in live football, I'm just not buying Bulldog stocks.
0: Yeah, uh, the the only trouble is now that we're facing them. Yeah, we're facing them in the a, in a, a, that's right, in a
1: <laughs> completely free shot across the bow for them. So yes, that, that sort of plays into their strengths the last five years where the stakes certainly aren't there for them, which means they can just you know play football.
0: But and now you just... You just mentioned about the, uh, the threat that's posed by uh, Matt Burton with his kicking game. Unless the Eels put some sort of kick pressure on, which they haven't been able to do for in a lot of games this season, where the, the opposing kickers have just literally had a, a free shot, a place in the ball wherever they want to, and we see the Eels back three under pressure, um, if, if they allow Burton that sort of free reign then they are creating havoc for themselves because Micah Sivo is not renowned for being a safe conveyance under the high ball. And I think Wonga Blake has also proved to be um, hit and miss when it comes to... Uh, I mean, he's got the height. He has the frame that he should be able to deal with the high ball, but it doesn't It doesn't worked out that way. We've seen both of them come up with um, straightforward fumbles. We saw Sivo... Look, coming up with an awful, awful blunder against the Sea Eagles off an innocuous kick that he was simply catching in the in-goal area, under no pressure, but and and getting a fairly flat kick coming at his chest, almost like a pass that he that he couldn't handle. Um, and uh, we saw Wonga Blake having that ball fly off his shoulder and chest for a South try last week, and we know that the opposition teams, not only does their kicker get a free rein, but they've been a lot better at the kick chase and putting the catchers under pressure than, than what we've been able to do this year. So, um, again, this comes back to Parramatta's defensive line attitude and, and getting someone through there to put pressure on the kicker. And And I know that it's almost like Parramatta's played a safety first attitude with regard to that this year where we we've made sure that we haven't given away penalties on the kick chase yeah uh, and and uh made sure that we um we haven't given away penalties on attacking the the kicker and and i know that's such a, a tricky area you know it's a fine line between putting the pressure on and tackling the the kicker uh, as opposed to getting it wrong by a split second and being you know sin binned or put on report or whatever the case may be as a result of a of kick pressure that goes wrong, but you know we can't give them a free rein. We have to at least be charging through at them with the kick, so they can't just put it wherever wherever they uh, want it. Especially with Matt Burton, where he likes to have that time to get his uh, to to get up. the drop right, yeah. to get the foot position right, and, and produce those um, those awkward kicks. Whereas if he's got players coming through at him, and he hasn't got the time to do it it's more likely we're going to get a conventional kick or we're going to get him mistiming the kick. If he mistimes a kick, that can be flying out on the full easily. Yes, sir. With the size of his boot. So, you know, it, it, it keeps coming back to attitude to doing to getting these little parts right in the game for the Eels.
1: And for the Eels to do that, let's talk about their roster, just the one change this week. We'll start a fullback as always, captain of the team, Quentin Gufferson, on the wings, it's Mike Sevo Wunga Blake, Centers Will Pennicini, Tom Opochic in the halves, Dylan Brown, big inclusion this week. And we think he's going to play. There was a little bit of doubt yesterday about whether he'd be available to go because he is going to be a, a captain's run sort of decision. But Mitchell Moses has been named to play and will be absolutely huge if he can take to the field. In the front row, Reagan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Barlow, both those boys looking to bounce back from probably season lows against South Sydney in round 22. Reed Money is a dummy half. Sean Lane as I and Ryan Madison starting back rowers on the bench. Offiki Ogden he'll get his second NRL cap as an Eel with a chance to impress against his former employers. Joining him on the interchange Bryce Cartwright, Oregon Kafusi and Marada Nia Kore extend the roster features Makahesi Makatoa, Bailey Simonson, and Jake Arthur, for Sean Russell and Ellie Skehem. Yeah, I mean. Team hasn't changed much. It's got a big boost. Jake Arthur did a fine job at dummy half, uh, dummy half at halfback, working in relief for Mitchell Moses. But you know Mitch is probably our number one guy when it comes to just the, the roster, top to bottom. So it is fantastic to have him back. He improves general kicking, improves goal kicking, improves general playmaking. You know, just there is so much he does for this team. But this game shouldn't be on his shoulders. Sixties. Uh, I said this to the boys uh, in the other podcast this week that you could put. Whoever you want into the halves this week, and they should be able to, you know, win purely because the forward Pack is that fired up and it's just dominating.
0: If look, I'm not taking anything for granted about what about how we're going to turn up because I was convinced that we were going to turn up breathing fire last week. How on earth we turned up the complete opposite to that? I've got no idea. Yeah, I've got no idea, and I, and I refuse to accept statements like we didn't turn up you know we weren't we, we didn't turn up ready or what have you it's a load of garbage it's an absolute load of garbage um you you know i i have this sinking feeling that it's that there's a thought in the players heads that all they have to make sure that they do is to get it right in key games at the end of the year well you know what we got to get to those key games yet yeah like we 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 haven't locked that up. We should have locked up a top four spot a long time ago. And you, look, anyone knows you're going to get a level of fluctuating form in a season. It, it's really the only team that seems to have gone outside of that in recent seasons. Or teams is is the Storm and the Panthers in, in terms of um, you know being able to maintain. And intensity. So, uh, I mean, people don't come at me and say like that it's not possible for a team to play with intensity for an entire season. Because across the last three years, the Panthers have just about done it. And right now, it's injury that's stopping them. Injury and suspension that's putting a a bit of a halt on where they're at in the season. But they're able to maintain that that standard of of, uh, commitment and intensity and um you know maybe maybe we haven't got the mindset amongst the players that we can actually do that but um it is possible with, with it. i mean it's winning teams do that yep we just you know we just haven't been able to get to that standard so um you know but you can't you can't just go oh well you know this week we didn't turn up but next week should be sweet we'll get it done next week I mean that doesn't that's not a winner's attitude, no,
1: not at all sixties,
0: you know and I mean the the team the team could very well turn around and win every game for the rest of the year in terms of what they're capable of producing. do I think that's possible probably not and that's that's probably that's probably what worries me is that these these poor performances that they put in leaves me with that gnawing feeling that there's another one in them yes. Whereas, whereas you know like when it's happened in past years you know, they've had some shockers in past years but um, you know it, it 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 almost feels like there's an inevitability about there being another one this year
1: and it's, because it's every fun. time we
0: think lesson learned oh they'd be they be hurting after this oh, they'll you know they haven't lost two in a row they'll they'll come out they'll be better with this better with that there's a there's a mindset there yes that just that is just wrong and and for the life of me it, it makes no sense why it would be that way because you know we understand we understand that you know players are humans they're going to have ups and downs and what have you but man when it hits us it almost seems to hit right across most of the 17 yes it's
1: yeah, it's like a lethargy that just attacks the entire squad,
0: yeah, yeah, and it was and it was there, you know there was a couple of exceptions last week and, and well. I thought and I thought the the bench did a decent job of trying to
1: but among the starters uh, it was just yeah you know, it was
0: gross, honestly, and yeah I mean, you can't you can't come out with the sort of start that we had last week, and you know really, this is a this is a massive test for them against the Bulldogs because, um, I mean, you know you want to stay Bull- in touch with
1: the top four at the very least. You want to be playing for a week one home final from the upper half of the bottom of the top. Yeah, eight
0: exactly, exactly. There, I mean they they lose this, and I mean they they made they've made the job hard for themselves losing last week. Now, I said in the preview last week that you know, it was going to be possible to lose that game against... Like, I was tipping a win, but by the same token, I said it it wasn't going to be um, disaster day for me if they lost because what I was looking for was for a performance where it was a battle between the two teams and that the better team won from the battle. But there was no battle. No, sir. There wasn't even five seconds of battle last week from the opening whistle, like, from the first tackle onwards... It was. It was passive. City. It was the
1: absolute antithesis of what you were looking for.
0: Win or Ab- lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, they really need to be making. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel as if there's there's almost a state from a supporters' perspective. It's not necessarily from their yeah. perspective, but from a supporters' perspective, I feel like they have to produce more than just a win on the yeah, scoreboard. Yeah,
1: uh, that's what I was saying to the fellas for the Power podcast. You know, we may end up winning close, you know, because that's a reality rugby league. But the the fan, you know, that I am, I want a dominant win. I want the forwards to go out there and smash them. And I want, you know, I, I was saying I want like a 40 to 10 victory here. I want dominant defence, dominant offence, and just hunger. You know, there, there's no excuse for preparation this week. They've got the full week plus the extra night, you know, sleeping from the Friday to the Saturday. Well, you know
0: what? I, I'm, you know, I'm not even as I'm not even as um, worried about the score. I mean, I know what I'd like to have because I'd like to be able to watch the game and sit back and relax. Yes, sir. but but do you know what? I I even if it ended up a close score, if it was a battle. For that close score. Look, win. if the Bulldogs come like, kind out of yeah. playing a
1: good football and you have to play, you know, great football to beat them and it ends up being uh, you know, not a huge margin of victory, you take that hundred percent. I'm just saying that yeah the the it's almost the vindictive fan of me, you know, says, after what you did last week, I need you boys to come out and show just how hungry you are to win a premiership.
0: You oh, need, yeah, yeah. You
1: need Look, to come out and just go for the throat, just dominate, win every collision. No, no
0: doubt, no doubt. But if I I guess what I'm saying is if you know if there was a a win of six points or less against the bulldogs if they if they battled to do that I mean when I say battled I don't mean struggled I mean if it was because you know they the bulldogs could come out and play the game of their lives and we have to we have to lift and lift enormously to get the win that could that could transpire if what I see is positive football from Parramatta like real real hunger and determination to get the win and they get the win I'm going to be satisfied regardless of the score line and if that score line is a big score line or if the score line is a close score line and they they put me through agony because they they haven't put them away but they've been trying to put them away and given everything in their power to do that then I'm going to be i'm I'm going to be satisfied with that I'm not going to be one of those people that go well it wasn't a big enough win if the manner of the win the manner of the win is what's going to um, give me more hope going forward from here, because you know if, if there's a worst case scenario of them losing um, in this, uh, you know I I I fear for the last two games if mm-hmm. they were to if they were to drop this one absolutely because um you know all of a sudden they become under pressure and to have the last two games of being the Broncos away and then and then the Storm. Um you know, that's a that's a horror situation. Conversely, I mean teams like the Roosters and South, their draw is arguably as hard as what ours has been. They're back end of the season here. So the pressure should really be on teams like them. And there's enough there's enough matches within the top eight of teams playing each other that you know, were paramounted to get a roll on and, and get the last three games, I mean, they can still position themselves decently. I mean, potentially, there's still the chance to be top four, but they need matches to go their way, whereas if they had have won last week and won every game, they would have qualified in the yeah, top four. There would be no way for like to, Melbourne
1: to drop game.
0: Yeah, there would, have, there would have been no way they wouldn't have qualified because they were playing teams that were above them yeah. in, in the case of Melbourne. So you know they would have just there would have been no way for them to not be top four if they'd have won every game. Now they need games to go their way, but you know by the same token, they're also not 100% guaranteed to to feature in the top eight. I mean, not 100%. They should be they should be 95% of the way there because it requires them to lose every game, and for a team chasing like Canberra to win every game, but it's possible. You know that's the that's the horrible thing. It's possible. So um, anyway, mate, we better get into our um, predictions. Yes, let's do so. So um, uh, you know, we've, I think we've covered that. You know, we want Parramatta to be you know far more physical, uh, win the win the con like basically play Parramatta one hundred and one to win this. Yeah,
1: and that's the thing. It's about going out there, being dominant physically, and playing Parramatta football, and then you know building a platform to do that for the remainder of the regular season into the finals. So yeah, it all yeah. starts this week. Massive triple header at Combank. You know, the, there's going to be hopefully some big results to fire up the boys ahead of their kickoff. How do we see this one playing? I already, I already gave like a scoreline of what I want to see. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be playing out, saying that, you know, that big 40-10 to 10 win just being dominant. But, uh, you know, honestly, you know, realistically, you take any sort of good victory in this game. I'm
0: going to predict a uh, 28-16 win. Yeah, that's a, a sensible margin. Uh, yep. Um... I will pick um, Clint Gutherson as first try scorer Mm -hmm. and I think um, I'm going to nominate RCG as best on field. One one of the
1: big boys has to step up and be best on field this week for sure. Yeah, Whether it's Reg Junior or Madison, uh, all three of those I think are the fans and their own team a big game this week Um, For myself um, I'm going to stick with the big bold win uh, prediction I want to see that. Uh, but in terms of first try score, would you believe it? Uh, with the other fellas, I busted out the random number generator 1 to 13 to see who would be the first try scorer. And in a, a almost act of trolling by the uh, the universe, they pulled out Sean Lane again. So I'm going back to the world for the big man. He's going to get his first try some, at some point. It's going to be this week. So Sean Lane first try score is what the uh, the dice gods decided for me this week. Best on field, yeah. Like I said, it's got to be one of the, the, the free middles. So take your pick out of Reg Jr. and Ryan Madison. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and no, that, that's mate, really, really what it boils down to, mate. You know, win the collisions. They're, you know, yeah. you got you to have the want to and the wherefore to, you know, come out from the opening kickoff through to the 80th minute and dominate this game physically. And if they don't, then geez, like you said, that it, it casts heavy aspersions over the rest of the regular season and the finals.
0: A- absolutely, mate. And um, and and just before we go, uh, I don't know if there's been any update on the uh, grand final venue, but when I last heard it on the news earlier this morning, there still hadn't been any decision made on the venue. Oh, yes. And I'm almost as fired up as I was in the podcast yesterday at hearing that. I just think it's an absurdity. We're getting absurd is, to absurd. There is
1: no theory. news as far as I can see. Uh, latest NRL news features... Manly got a dozen players in the injuries, including Ruben Garrick, who's out for the season. Xavier Savage is re-signed with the Raiders. Uh, NRL is taking action for players that have come out in support of Menezi Finu. Interesting. And then, yeah, that, that's it. So, yeah, I, the the it got it's getting play across the national news now because that's how big a deal it is, that they're considering taking the grand final elsewhere. And, it, you know, I, I don't honestly care for politics in general, but watching Anastasia Palaszczuk sort of just gloating... Uh, about, you know, how well connected they are with the NRL and how it would be such a wonderful decision to go to the Queensland, it almost makes your skin crawl, doesn't it? It's just like you're getting rid of over a hundred years of tradition if you if you opt for that path.
0: Yeah. Um and I think um, it it casts an awful light on uh NRL and ARL leadership uh in doing so. And you know, I was I was pretty fired up yesterday at the the fact that um, New South Wales and S- well Sydney people in particular were being held to ransom by these actions, and that we weren't going to come out winners on on either case. Um, so um, yeah, uh, I, I am I am livid, and if yep. it's and if it turns out that the grand final's taken away. Um, yeah, I think it's time for uh, Peter Vellani's to walk away. Mm-hmm. That's that's our strong I don't think I feel. that I don't
1: think that's an outrageous proposition. Sixties, we we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Hopefully, we get some resolution on that uh, ahead of the Parramatta game, so we can you know discuss it as soon as possible. But until then, thanks for stopping by and giving us a listen. Absolutely massive day of football out at Combank Stadium. Hopefully, you can all make it. If not, be sure to catch it on Fox and KO. This is, you know, must-see TV for a number of reasons. We've got a, a New South Wales Cup team pushing for the top four. We've got an NRLW team looking to launch their season against the reigning premiers. We've got an NRL team that you know, desperately needs to re, uh, rediscover its identity. So, so much to play for this week, and hopefully we can get the, uh, the full sweep of results.
0: Sounds good, mate. Go you, eels